Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello. That was nice. I almost fell asleep, though, I'm not going to lie. So good to see you guys. Last night was the NBA dunk contest. That was fun. Nobody's into that? Jeez. Boring people. Shout out to the cowboy who came through. What's up? I love that, you know? Like, look at this guy in the front. Just, like, studded. And then look at this cowboy in the back. You know, it's like the diversity of Heartway. I love it. So as you guys know, have you, as you've already heard, we just came back from our men's retreat, which was such a phenomenal experience uh, for a variety of reasons. But for me, and this really came to me as I heard one of, one of, our, uh, one of our volunteers speaking and sharing his testimony and his story. But what really touched me more than anything was the fact that these men felt comfortable enough to share the things that they shared in that space. Because if you don't feel safe, you're not going to talk about all your trauma and all your stuff. There's so much shame that is associated with the things we have done in our past, the things that have been done to us. So to be able to be in an environment where Everything was placed wide open. And these dudes felt comfortable enough to be able to offer themselves in all of their imperfection and in all of their mess because they knew that they would be received with love and acceptance and without judgment. That's really special. There's not a lot of spaces like that that we have in our life. Some of us don't even feel safe enough with ourselves We don't let ourselves feel. We judge ourselves. We beat ourselves up for the things that we think, the things that we've been through, and the things that we've done. So I am so privileged because for many years when I started Heartway, I remember saying to myself, you know, I'm creating a safe space for everybody else. But it's not really a safe space for me. Come on. You're on a platform. There's certain expectations people put on you. You have to give off a certain image. And what's funny is, you know, I've been a pastor since I was 21. This is all I know, really, in my life. I'm 33 now. And I remember hearing from other pastors, older, older people. And they would oftentimes say, you know, Danny, you don't share your stuff in the church. You got to have friends that are out there 
you know, other pastor friends from other churches maybe. And they can relate to you in a unique way. And that's true. That's very true. But I've seen so much with my eyes the, how unhealthy it is when there's this distance between, you know, the leader and the people. And that's often how it is. There's this huge gap. And I know for myself for a while, because of hearing those things, seeing those things, thinking that that's just the way that it was, that I felt like I can't actually feel safe here. And I can tell you now that I don't feel like that anymore. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, so my job, if I'm doing my job right, you know, when people naturally, you know, it's just, it's a natural thing. You know, we elevate, we admire, we esteem, you know, but if I'm doing my job right, that means that anytime somebody puts me on a pedestal, I put myself right back down because I'm a human being like everybody else. And there's no way, there's no way that I would even want to do this. I would quit long before. There's no way I would even want to do this if I can't be myself as I'm doing it. You know what I mean? If I can't be myself, why would I do this? And I know a lot of people in a position like mine. They can't be themselves. And then they end up living a double life. And then that's how people get hurt. You know what I mean? Because of the hypocrisy. So I always tell folks, you may have heard me say this before, that it's not hard for me to live up to the standard here because the only standard that I've set is be yourself. That's it. I don't preach morality. I don't tell y'all, don't do this. You're really bad if you go to that place or if you did that or if you say bad words, you're not going to go to heaven or something, you know. I don't preach morality. When you walk in love, there's no need for morality, really. And there's a lot of religious spaces and spiritual spaces where, you know, the whole thing is just about guilt and judgment and you got to look like this and behave like this and be like this. You don't create a safe space like that. You create a safe space with love. And love says you come as you are, completely as you are. There's nothing that you could do or say that if you reveal in this space would make us recoil from you. You know, in the uh, hospital where I'm working, there was a, a... crazy accident that happened like two weeks ago. A father and a son um, were driving in a car. They got in a head-on collision with um, a drunk driver. And, you know, the, the team in the ER had a really hard time with this. And the driver of the vehicle that crashed into the dad and the son, he stayed alive. And he was in my hospital. And I was at the gym. And I ran into one of my buddies who's a nurse on the floor where that guy is. And he was telling me at the gym 
that he's having a really hard time showing compassion and caring for this guy because of how reckless and stupid he was and because of the consequence of his decision. And as soon as he told me that, I don't know why, God, I guess, I knew I had to go see him. I knew I had to go see him. Because even if other people may hate him, God loves him. And I got to get my preference out of the way. I got to get my opinion out of the way to show the love of God to him. Now, that's not for everybody to do. I'm not saying everybody has to do that. That's what I felt I had to do. And I bring up that story because, you know, I'm tasked with the responsibility. Come on, let it go. We can, we can just start breaking out, you know. So I forgot what I was going to say, so it's all good. Anyways, does anybody remember what I just said? What was I saying? Right, right. Okay, anyways, we'll move on. But man, you know. Oh, oh, right, right. I'm setting the tone. That's what I was saying. So what I was saying was that, you know, I've been tasked with the responsibility of, you know, setting the tone for the community. And so I want y'all to know that that's what we're about. That's how it is. If you were that drunk driver... You can come back into this house. You understand? And we've had situations like that. And I want you to know that. And I can't speak for everybody in the community. There may be some people here that they're not there yet. But if anybody gives you trouble, you can come to me. Because we'll let them know. This is a house of love. This is a house of acceptance. This is a house of freedom. And I mean that. I love you. And thank you to all the men who made that such a special experience. So today I want to talk to you guys about having an eternal perspective. What does it mean to have an eternal perspective on life? You know, a lot of us, we get so bogged down with our day-to-day and the stresses of life and our responsibilities that we forget to kind of zoom out. Spirituality is all about zooming out. When your mind is just completely focused on the problem, you're not seeing things right. You got to zoom out to be able to see the whole picture. So what if we zoomed all the way out to understand the true nature of reality, to understand the eternal essence that you are? When I talk about having an eternal perspective, what I mean is keeping in mind the eternality of existence and the eternality of your essence. Okay, for a lot of us who grew up with religion and in church, eternal life is a phrase that only speaks about something that we experience after we die. But in the scriptures, eternal life is oftentimes spoken of in the present tense. It's something that we are experiencing now. What if I can help shift your perspective to possibly see that maybe you are in eternity now appearing as something that is temporary and transient? So I like to think about this idea that before human beings 
ever roamed this planet. The earth was already here for billions of years. Think about that. And then there was a time when we weren't even the most dominant species. You got T-Rex walking around here, you know, doing all, all these dinosaurs out here just roaming and doing their things. That's kind of crazy if you really just take a moment to think about it. Before we ever got here on this planet, for billions of years, this planet was already here. And before this planet was formed, billions of years prior, this universe was here. And before this universe was here, and scientists say, with the Big Bang Theory, you know, that the universe had a beginning 13.7 billion years ago. Well, what was before that? At some point, right, there has to be something that is just always there, always present, forever, eternal, infinite God. Okay, and the scriptures say that it is in him, in God, that we live and move and have our very being. So we literally are existing in eternity. God is eternal. That is God's very nature. Okay, everything that exists, exists in God. God is the source of existence, and this source is eternal. And you carry a piece of this eternal source within you. So each of us have our own individual consciousness, but our own individual consciousness is connected to the universal consciousness. Another way to speak of our individual consciousness in religious terms, spirit, soul. Another way to speak of universal consciousness, God. Okay, you and God are not two separate things. Your soul and God, your spirit and God's spirit are intertwined, intermingled. God is in you. You are in God. In the same way that fish are in the ocean and the ocean is in the fish. Right? In the same way that there's distinct waves in the ocean, but they're all a part of the ocean. That's how your existence is. You are a wave in the ocean of God. Okay, so every single one of us are emanations of divinity. We all have this spark of the divine, as they say in some traditions. There's a spark of the divine that is within you. So because your source is eternal, you too are eternal. Your deepest essence is eternal. Another way to think about this is to dissect the phrase human being. That doesn't just describe the species that we're a part of. It also describes our twofold identity. There's the human side, and then there's the dimension of being within us. Our humanness, right? Like our roles, our titles, our jobs, our relationships, the image that we give off, the, the mask that we wear, the persona, the personality, that is the human. But beyond 
the persona, beyond the personality, beyond the jobs and the title and the labels, you have a spiritual essence within you. And it's so easy for us to lose ourselves in the human dimension that we forget about the dimension of being. We forget about spirit. We don't cultivate spiritual lives because we get so lost in that which is physical and material and transient. We forget to tap into that which is transcendent and eternal within us. But all of us have been hardwired for the eternal. We have been hardwired for the transcendent. So oftentimes it's been said, there's a God-shaped hole in your heart. Anybody heard that phrase before? You know, there's just, it's a God-shaped hole in your heart. And you can try and fill that with a bunch of different things. And it'll work for a little bit. You'll have a good time for a little bit. But then when you're back with yourself and you're not at the party or you lost all the money or people are speaking ill of you and now your reputation is not what it used to be, you're, you're going to feel that emptiness in there. Because the only thing that can fill it is that which is eternal. So spirituality is about connecting with Connecting with yourself at the level of, of beingness. Okay, so when we get lost in the humanness, it's all about competing, comparing, achieving, accomplishing, and all that stuff is good. But when you can settle into your beingness, when you can relax into your existence and just be, means you totally accept yourself. That means you don't need other people's approval to feel good about yourself. That means you are okay with who you are. When you can relax into your existence like this and just be, that is when you begin to truly find freedom in life. But in order to do that, You've got to integrate all aspects of yourself, the good and the bad, the pretty and the ugly. And you have to recognize and realize that you are what you are. And even though it's messy, it's enough. Even though you're imperfect, you're complete. And this is huge. When you're really able to understand this, when you're really able to step into this, you can experience what Jesus said in the Gospels. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're always trying to be something that you're not, you're not going to feel like this. And you can fall into this trap just as much when it comes to religion and spirituality. Oh, my gosh. I've got to be. Now it's all about obligation and a demand. Oh, I'm not loving enough. I'm not compassionate enough. You know, I'm not holy enough. I still have so much more to go. 
And there's this huge gap between who you are and where you want to be. Well, if you want to get to where you want to be, you got to start by accepting where you are. And the magic of it all is when you truly start to accept where you are and who you are, when you love yourself as you are, that transformation begins to happen naturally, automatically, with very minimal effort on your part. It just flows out of you. Jesus said, like living water, and it'll always nourish you. So this is what Jesus referred to as the gospel, which I like to present as you are totally loved, totally innocent, totally complete. And there's nothing that you can do about that. God loves you no matter what. You are complete no matter what. So now it's a matter of seeing yourself as God sees you. Seeing yourself for who and what you are. This is how you tap into the eternal dimension of life. And once you start walking in this truth, there's some big realizations that you have that I want to share with you today. Okay, the first one is this. You realize that you are more than your body and mind. Okay, there's this phrase that's found in certain Eastern uh, mystical texts that says, I am not in the body, the body is in me. I am not in the mind, the mind is in me. I am not in the world, the world is in me. So this is why it's also said that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are not just physical bodies that are moving through time. We are spiritual beings. And when you tap into your spiritual essence, you begin to understand that you are so much more than your physicality. You are so much more than your thoughts and your emotions. And to be able to practice this sort of disidentification with your body and your mind helps you, number one, to become less reactionary. When certain thoughts pop up in your mind, if you know that you are not that incessant, obsessive voice that is constantly speaking in your mind, if you know that that's not you, you can be present to what's there without attachment. And that allows you now to be less reactive. You become more patient, more wise, more loving, more compassionate, more open-minded. And you're able to see things that you weren't able to see before. In the same way, when you understand that you are not your body, yes, your body can fail. Your body can grow weaker and weaker but your spirit can continue to grow stronger and stronger. So you won't lose yourself. You won't lose yourself as you lose your body. You won't lose yourself as you lose your mind. <laughs> really. Because, you know, sometimes you can't stop this thing. It's just going and going and a bunch of thoughts coming up and you're, you know, having nightmares all the time. And Well, when there's no identification, there's no harm. A thought can only harm you if you believe it. If you don't believe it, if you don't attach yourself to it, you're free. 
Let me read to you this quote from Eckhart Tolle, who puts this so well. He says, what does it really mean for human beings at their current evolutionary stage to become more conscious or to awaken? If I had to put it in a nutshell, I would define it as disidentification from thinking. When you realize that the voice in your head, your incessant compulsive thinking is not who you are, then you've begun to awaken. A new dimension of consciousness has arisen, which we would call awareness, presence, wakefulness. You haven't fallen below thought, you've risen above it. Now you can use your mind instead of being used by it. Your sense of self shifts from identification with your mental positions and narratives to the alive presence within you, which is consciousness itself. You realize the being behind the human, so to speak. Something that transcends your conditioned personality begins to emerge. You realize your essential identity as unconditioned consciousness itself. And you can verify within yourself the truth of Jesus' words. You are the light of the world. The next realization. God knows the end from the beginning. When you have an eternal perspective, this becomes so clear. God knows the end from the beginning. How does God know the end from the beginning? Because God is the beginning and the end. <laughs> Pretty simple, right? We don't got to complicate it. The scriptures say God is the Alpha and the Omega. The scripture also say God is the author and the finisher of our faith. So not only is he the author and the finisher of our faith, he's the author and the finisher of our life. He's the author and finisher of this universe. God is the front cover and the back end of the book. The whole thing is God's story. You understand? You think from your limited vantage point that you're creating your life. And that viewpoint can be empowering to take on. Absolutely. That you create your life. That you determine. That you choose. But also, there's another way to look at this. Which is, you are a vessel. And God is the one that is moving and speaking and choosing and doing through you. And if you can let go to the extent that I'm speaking of, to the point where you understand that everything that happens in your life is the will of God. What do you mean? The sickness? What do you mean? The breakup? What do you mean? The heartache, the depression, all this stuff that I've been through, you're telling me that this is the will of God? Well, you don't have to believe that, but your life will be easier if you do. You don't have to believe that, but your life will be easier if you do. It'll be hard initially to quiet down that ego because this is... This is called total surrender. This is called the relinquishment of control. But once you understand that it's God writing your story, 
that it's God's will being done in and through you, you can let go. And things start to happen of their own accord. So what I have found for my life is that whatever I go through, if I can just start with the basic premise that it was necessary, I'll be okay. Okay? So if you can just start there with that basic premise, with, as you look at your past, all the stuff that you've gone through, if you can look at that and at least just start with the premise that it was necessary, and you may not even be able to, to say how it was necessary, but if you at least begin with that assumption, eventually your mind will find the reason. <laughs> In the same way that your mind will find the reason to show you why your life is a mess and totally imperfect and none of that should have happened and you've ruined your life and here are all the reasons why. Because you're starting with a basic assumption. So if you start with another assumption, which is this was necessary and it had to happen, God will show you why. God will show you why. For me, how do I know that had to happen? Because it happened. How do I know that that had to happen? Because it happened. Okay? So why am I going to argue with life? Why am I going to argue with life? It was necessary. Why is it necessary? For me, it's always necessary for my growth. I would not be who I am, where I am. I would not know what I know. I would not see what I see had it not been for that. When I heard some of these men this past weekend talking about some of the craziest things that I have heard, and I'm like, you've been through that? That person did what to you? You did what? And you got peace in your heart? You got a smile on your face? Something's up here. <laughs> Something's going on here. It was necessary. And these same dudes would say, if I had to go back and do it again. That's the one I love to hear. Because that's when you know it's come full circle. If you're not able to say that, that's okay. But you can get to a point where you can look back and you can say, if I had to do it all over again, I would. I would. I would. I feel like that in my life with the things that I've been through. If I had to do it again, of course I would. Of course. What? I became who I am because of the struggle that I went through. I learned all the things that I learned because of all of my stupidity. And if it wasn't for me being stupid, now I wouldn't be able to say I have a little bit of wisdom sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so when you realize it's all necessary, 
Now you're not afraid to make mistakes. You're not afraid to take a risk. And you understand that if I go left or if I go right, the only thing that can go wrong is what I'm thinking. Any path that I choose is like a GPS. Okay, God's going to redirect you back to the final destination. He is your final destination. You exist to know God and to be known by God. So everything that happens, everything else is secondary. You think your life is about, you know, climbing the ladder, getting to the top. No, that's fun. Do it. Go for the ride. But that's not what your life is about. Your life is about what's happening in here. When that becomes primary, everything else falls perfectly into place. So why is it necessary? It's necessary for God's purposes to be accomplished, and it's necessary for my growth. So I don't have to be worried about how things are going to work out because they always work out towards that end. They always work out for the fulfillment of God's purposes and for my own spiritual growth and evolution. Every circumstance, every situation, point blank, period. And look at what the scriptures say. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So this is where my life is headed. And... I may have to go through hell to get there, but I'm still getting there. Next realization. Oh, that's a good verse, too. We can read that one. <laughs> for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You know, so you have this eternal perspective. The things you go through, you realize this is light. This is momentary. This is nothing. It's not forever. Realization number three, death is not the end. This is important. So many different opinions about what happens when you die. You know, I used to be very opinionated about what happens when you die. And I didn't like a lot of the beliefs that I was handed, the standard heaven and hell thing that you learn in church. I didn't like it. For a while, I tried to convince everybody why believing that was wrong. Now, I don't care if you believe that or not. I really don't. You know, you can believe whatever you want. But at the end of the day, you don't know. You'll find out. And I'll find out one day. But we don't know. And you can say, well, I've studied the Bible. And the Bible says. Well, you know, I did a little bit of study myself too and you know we ain't gonna go there now but you know I did a little bit of study too and there's a lot of smart people that read the Bible and arrive at very different conclusions that's just how it goes so what I know is that I don't know that's what I know right <laughs> <clears throat> so what I have what I have learned what has been hinted at in the scriptures 
what has been hinted at by the writings that I've come across in other religious traditions is that death is not the end. So this body may pass away, but your spirit will continue to live on. Even scientists say matter and energy cannot be destroyed. It could only be changed from one form to another. So the scriptures talk about when we shed this body, we'll be given a new one. Is this idea of death and rebirth. Death and rebirth. That is the mystery of existence. And it's very significant for you to recognize that who you are at your core, who you are at your essence, is eternal in this way. Why? Number one, so that you can face the reality of your mortality and overcome the fear of your inevitable death. Okay? There is a reason why. There's a reason why. So many philosophers and a lot of passages even in the scriptures teach us to reflect on our mortality, to reflect on the fact that one day you will die. If you can befriend death and not fear it anymore, it will change the way you live your life. So I have a really great privilege. A lot of people, you know, don't. Let me just say this. When, I, when I'm hanging out with people and I bring up what I do, it's a buzz killer. You know, it, it's just, you know, it's just like, I remember this one day, you know, I was hanging out at this bar and I was talking to a girl and I was telling her, you know, and I was telling her about what I do. At that time, I worked in hospice. And I was like, yeah, you know, I work in hospice. As soon as I said that, she was having a good, I was having a good time. She was having a good time. As soon as I said hospice, she goes, my grandma was in hospice. <laughs> We're in Miami, the music's bumping. My grandma was in hospice. And then she just starts telling me about grandma. And I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to vibe a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to have a good time. I'm not really trying to get into all this right now, you know? I'm really, I'm, I'm really not trying to get into all this right now, but I listen to you, you know? And, and after she goes for 10 minutes, she stops immediately. She stops herself and she says, I don't want to talk about this anymore, okay? I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm like, okay, should I give you some space? You, you know, what do you want me to do here? So, you know, and it's a lot of times when I bring up what I do to just people in general, you know, they're like, oh, man, I don't know how you do that. And I'm like, I love it. It's great. I'm like, it, I try and tell people it fulfills me. It brings me so much meaning in life. And that's the truth. The fact that I've been around death so much and now on a daily basis, what that's done for my life. Because I could be the person in that bed with that freak accident that just happened. And we don't realize because we're not in the hospitals. We don't realize that this stuff happens all the time, every day.
We're just not aware of it. Right? And yeah, ignorance is bliss in a way. But also, ignorance is ignorance. (laughs) And to be aware without fear, though. Right? Because, yeah, I know anything can happen to me. Yeah, I know I'm an idiot sometimes and I'm on my phone when I'm driving. Don't shame me. I see y'all when you're driving. You know, and sometimes, you know, you could do things. That could be me. Any moment. That could be my loved one. Guys, can you, I have a prayer request. Can you please pray for my dog, Callie? I know. So the doctor says she has like a heart murmur. So I don't know what it is. I just know it costs a lot of money. So I'm like, I may have to put her to sleep. Bro, should I start a GoFundMe or something? Okay. Because I'm like, bro. It's normal? Okay, because the thing is, I Googled it. Right. I know. All right. You know what happens when you Google it? I started reading all these things. I'm like, oh, my God, what? My little Callie. And she's so cute. She doesn't know that she's dying. As I see her, I'm like, you don't know that you're dying. But I know. She's not dying. Okay, we'll talk after. Thank you, please. No, I mean, it is heartbreaking, and I love my dog. That's, you know, that's, she sleeps, I sleep with her every night. That's my cuddle buddy, you know? Oh, okay, but she survived? She's okay? Okay. 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 Okay, all right, we'll talk after then. Thank you. Well, still pray for her, you know, because I don't know what's the deal. My little Callie, you guys, did I show you this picture on my phone of her? Oh, no, she's so cute, man. Anyways, but, you know, at any moment, that's my point, you know? It's like everything's fine, and then one day, you know, it's like your dog has a problem. And now I'm like, oh, well, I guess my dog may leave now, too, you know? But... Who knows, right? Hopefully not. But the point is, everything is transient. Everything is temporary. Yes, you are eternal in your essence, but your physicality is finite and temporary. Okay, so if you can learn how to befriend death, death is not unnatural. Religion, Christianity, unfortunately for a while, has taught that death is unnatural. Death is not supposed to be. This is not supposed to happen. But death is the engine of life. This planet wouldn't be here. You and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for stars exploding and dying. And all that stuff and all the gases and stuff being mixed up and creating you. Really. There's no death. There's no life without death. The two go together. So it is not unnatural to die. It is the most natural thing. And when we die... It's like a butterfly coming out of the uh, cocoon. You know what I mean? You just, who knows the glory that we will experience. But the scriptures say, when we see him, we shall be as he is. And so we have something to look forward to. And why do I talk about all this stuff, you know? The reason why I talk to you about these kind of things is because I feel like part of my job is to prepare you to suffer. 
Because you will. You have. Life is suffering, right? But suffering can be a catalyst for awakening. Suffering can be a catalyst for deep change and transformation. Suffering can be a catalyst for deeper connection with other people. The bonds that we experience here in this community are oftentimes mostly around our shared sufferings. This is what I've been through. This is what I'm going through. And we find a connection there. So death is not the end. The next realization, you're not that important. Okay? Look at this picture. Okay? This is the Milky Way galaxy. That little arrow pointing at a little tiny dot that's like a speck of sand. That's the planet Earth. Okay? So, by the way, this is the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy has billions of planets. Okay? There are also billions of these galaxies. Just remember that. Next time you're complaining about something that is so insignificant. Yes, you too are insignificant. But it's great. I have to share this part of the retreat because, you know, it's just too funny. But, you know, we were reading different Bible verses, I'll say. Okay? And different men were given different verses. We didn't know, you know, which verses we would be reading. And everybody has all these beautiful verses, you know. Ask for whatever you want in prayer and it will be given to you. You are the light of the world. And then when Danny Prada gets his verse, it says, you are dirt. (laughs) And to the dirt you will return. I'm like, that's awesome. I said, this is perfect. This upcoming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday which, you know, and it's mostly in like Catholic and uh, Episcopal settings and more liturgical kind of churches. They practice this, Ash Wednesday. At the hospital where I work, you know, I have to be a little more religious than I actually am. So my job, I'll be doing a whole bunch of putting ashes for the first time on people's foreheads in the shape of a cross, and I'll be repeating that verse hundreds of times. From the dust you came into the dust you will return. From the dust you came into the dust you will return. I live with this. I sit with this. And what is done for my life, the appreciation, you know, the appreciation that I get to have for every moment, every connection that I have. I was talking to a buddy of mine who, you know, he used to be a pastor. He recently left the pastorate. And now he's like traveling, trying to be a comedian, which is kind of cool. But he's, he's not even in pastor world no more. And he calls me. He's like, bro, let's talk. We start talking. At the end of the conversation, he's so grateful. He's like, man, you don't have a reason to really talk to me anymore. I'm not even, you know, in, in that world that connected us in the first place. You don't have no reason to be talking to me, but you just gave me an hour of your time on the phone. Thank you. And I said, bro, of course. I don't take any connection in my life lightly. 
If you, if you came into my life, it was, it's for a purpose, for a reason. And we may not be best friends or our relationship may not, you know, be super close. But you're a blessing to me and I treat you that way. And you're adding something of value to me. And I hope I can do the same to you. But when you understand, you know, how transient and temporary things are in light of eternity, but this physicality, like we're here one moment, we're gone the next. The appreciation that you get is huge. So just remember, you're not that important. Okay, you're really small and, and tiny. Okay? But this also is true too. What you do has eternal value. And this works both ways. Your actions and your decisions have consequences that far outlive you. And this is true in good ways and bad ways. So many of us have been victims of this on the bad side, on the negative side. We come from families where there is generational trauma. We've been hurt, and then we hurt others. And then because they've been hurt, they pass along that hurt to others. And this is just the cycle sometimes. And some of those decisions that were made by mom and grandma are having an effect on grandson and granddaughter in ways that they don't even know or understand yet. So if in a negative way our actions can have that kind of a ripple effect, how much more can our love have a ripple effect? When you live in love and when you give compassion, you know, when you share in kindness with others, you inspire other people to do the same thing. And that has such a powerful effect. So remember that love has an eternal value. And all the love that you give in this world and in this life is going to have an impact far beyond what you imagine or even know. Next realization, and we're almost done, is that you're connected to everything. Of course, we all look different on the surface, but within, if we all share this same eternal essence, that means we're all connected by virtue of our connection to the source. That means you're my brother. You're my sister. I belong to you. You belong to me. We are one family. The world is all about the tribes. We're Americans. You know? You like how I said it like that too? I'm proud to be an American. I love America. I'm glad I wasn't born in like Honduras or something, you know? I mean, no offense. I'm not, I didn't mean that in no way, bro. I'm just saying the reason why I thought that, the reason why I said that is because, you know, I, I went on a cruise last year and when I got off, one of the stops was Honduras. And, I, you know, I'm looking around. It was pretty. It was nice. But it was also like a third world country, you know, and it's a different reality, you know. So I understand I'm pretty blessed to be in the country that I'm in, you know, and to have the luxuries that have been afforded to me and the freedoms that are afforded to me. Absolutely. But I'm, a, I'm on team universe. I'm on team planet Earth. I'm not like Team America. You know what I mean? We are one big universal family. Okay? 
So when you realize you're connected to everything and you're connected to everyone and that everything in your life is connected to everything else in your life too. Everything in your life is connected to everything else. You start seeing how beautiful God is. This tapestry that he's weaving together is so perfect. And then last but not least, when you live life from an eternal perspective, you realize there's no need to rush. There's no need to rush. The only moment that there is is this moment right now. Okay, life is really not a progression from past to present to future. Life is more like a single moment that is always present and never ending. So the past and the future are real in a different way than the present moment is real. What I mean by that is the past is only real in our memories. The future is only real in our imagination. The only thing that is ever real and tangible is this moment. When you get to the future, you're not going to experience that as the future. You're going to experience it as now. Right? So what's the rush? Where are you? If you're in eternity, what's the rush? Where are you going? Where are you going? Relax. Calm down. Smell the flowers. We did a meditation at the retreat. And the point of the meditation was get in touch with your, your senses, your sight, your sound, your smell, your touch. And one of the questions that was asked to us was once we settled down into our being and we began to notice, one of the questions I was asked was, what did you notice that previously you did not notice? This is just a simple question. And people are like, wow, man, the birds sound so beautiful. The flowers on that tree are so precious. It was there the whole time. Those birds were singing the whole time. But we weren't paying attention. You didn't notice it. So how much of your life is passing you by? How much beauty is God curating in your life that you have missed out on just because you're not paying attention? Live this moment fully. Live this moment Totally. And understand that there's no need to rush. Let's pray. God, we thank you for helping us see things from an eternal perspective. May we recognize the true essence of our being. May we come to know who you are in us. Help us to be able to Live life from this perspective with more appreciation, more love, less fear, less worry. And as we do, build us up, strengthen us, transform us, and use us as vessels in this world so that other people can move beyond just that which is physical and come to touch upon that which is eternal. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you. Have a great week. Catch you next Sunday.